This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. What it is. It's Tyrus, and welcome to the Black Zone edition of Gutfeld. <laughs> I don't have a reason for that other than I really like my fort. So, <laughs> now, and of course, since I've set up the Black Zone, I can now start the show five minutes late. <laughs> That's a black joke, not allowed to laugh. Now we're on. Now we're nice and uncomfortable. All right, let's go. Let's welcome tonight's guest. He worked for the NYPD back when they still arrested criminals. Former New York Police Department Inspector Paul Morrow. She packs more heat than a suitcase full of Duraflame. Townhall.com editor and Fox News contributor Katie Pavlis. She's more fun than losing your virginity. Host of Kennedy Saves the World podcast, Kennedy. He was the intellectual savior of the masses and the king of kicking asses. Somebody wrote that for you, it wasn't me. Actor, pro wrestler, and co-host of Tyrus and the Wiseman podcast, the one and only Aaron Haddad. Time for a mock it and move on. First up, according to a new poll, one in five young Americans say they have a positive view of Osama bin Laden. Yeah, well, the last time, hold on, hold on. The last time we as Americans had a positive view of Osama bin Laden, it went click, click, bang. So what's not to be so quick? Aaron, I'm gonna start with you. Can you believe this? The problem is with the people in, you know, that are students and learning in these institutions, they are being taught you know, the wrong facts about the country. And, and there's a war on history. I believe that you know, a lot of facts are being omitted because we don't want to offend anybody. And in doing so, it is taking away the ability to think critically and make decisions and judge for yourself. And that's what we're starting to see now. This is an alarming statistic. And, uh, well, I, to, to Aaron's point, do you think it's just that everyone just reads the cover? You know, me and Kennedy were talking on her podcast, which you right. check out. We were talking on her podcast about how, like, no one goes beyond the first line. <laughs> like, the 140 characters on, on the old school Twitter is about as yeah. far as deep someone goes into history now. Yeah. And that's why you think you're seeing these ridiculous things where they have no idea even who this person is. Well, and most young people weren't born during nine, you know, even yeah. after 9-11, they have no recollection of it happening. They don't know anybody who was directly affected by it. They weren't alive the day it happened. They don't remember like I do turning on the TV and 
watching people jumping out of buildings and what that, that meant for the country. And all the friends you know who joined the military right after that, who went overseas, many of them killed or injured for life, who came back as a result of what Osama bin Laden did. Um, but I have a, an idea for these young folks so they can get some more historical perspective and interesting information about this. They can go to Afghanistan now. Uh, One-way ticket, just spend some time there, see what it's like, you know, experience, experience the luxuries that places like Afghanistan and people who agree with Osama bin Laden, maybe figure out how they're treated there, especially the women, you know, just to go see. Maybe go to Pakistan, who was harboring him for so many years, uh, and see what it's like there. You know, just go spend some time, and then maybe they will change their opinion about this person. Because be it doesn't line up with their worldview. No. Yeah. And just to let him know... When they get to the places like Afghanistan or Gaza, there will be safe spaces provided for them. So, it, yeah. Underground. Under, underground, you know I mean. yes. And an HR department. Yes, in the HR. Yeah. they have an HR department over there and everything. So. Yeah. <laughs> they, and they, they love pronouns, And they have a too. plug on every corner to plug your phone in so you don't lose Yeah, as soon as you land in Afghanistan, charge. you have to yeah. say, I'm a Z-zer, and yeah. uh, they will take you to a very special place. Yeah, you know, <laughs> when, you, when you hear this, do you... And, do you look at it like where our country's in trouble? One in five. It's not the worst number. It's like one in five. Not a great number, though. It's not great, yeah. No. I'd like like one in a million. Probably this be. is the problem with following Katie Pavlich on a panel, because she just said everything I was going to say, all right, which is exactly accurate. All Typical. Of these, all of these people who think this, first of all, I think some of them are so uneducated, they hear Osama, they think it's Obama. Right. All right. Sincerely. No, no, no. I, they, you know what? Think, I would oh, not be Obama, surprised. I, oh, you're talking about the president? You know, yeah. they don't even realize Osama bin Laden was a guy. Yeah, you yeah. know. So I think it goes to what you were saying about education. Look, I was there, all right, for 9-11. I got down there. I was on a job at the time. I spent a lot of time down there, a number of months. Um, I tried to join the military. I was too old afterwards. Um, so, you know, this hits home for me. And I remember doing, I went into kind of terrorism. That was the uh, alternate workaround for somebody who wanted to really be involved. And I was fortunate enough that I had enough purchase there and enough experience that I could get there and do that work, which at the time felt like the most important work. And I can remember being picketed against and being told I was disgusting. That was the quote from people who had been six years old during 9-11. And now, as you know, as you mentioned, a lot of them weren't even born. So to them, it's a cartoon. And it doesn't really resonate. They have no idea what they're talking about. And all you can really hope as a nation, to go to your point, is that they grow out of it. Because I think a lot of it at this point is just to be cool. And I'd like to think they're just trying to find an identity. They're trying to be anti. It's part of youth. The problem is, I don't know what they characterize as young people here. But these days, young means you're under 40. And if you're 38 and you're a producer on MSNBC and you still believe this crap, country is in trouble. Is it, Kennedy, because we both have kids. You always have that one kid who wants to be cool Mm -hmm. and just say the most outlandish thing for everyone to notice them. Do you think they saw this poll and be like, oh, I like them? Do you think for the shock value more than the substance? Well, it's interesting because rebelling now is something very different than it was when we were kids. And I knew my girls were going to be okay because, you know, in New York City public schools, there's a lot of propagandizing, which happens. It's a virus on college campuses. I knew my girls were going to be okay when they started watching South Park. And I'm not kidding, because they were making fun (laughs) of everything. And nothing was sacred, because everything is deemed sacred on college campuses. And also, everything is oversimplified. So the idea that the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So, you know, who is the enemy of Osama bin Laden? Well, the West 
and the Jews. So there's so much anti-Semitism on college campuses now, and now it is just bald-faced. It is unabashed. They have no problem telegraphing that to the world. You know, look at what happened with those three college presidents when they went before Congress. You know, shame on them for, yeah. for not pushing back on this, and it is a miracle that Claudine Gay still has a job. But the fact that this virulent strain of anti-Semitism is just running rampant through college campuses. So the enemy of their enemy is their friend. Mm -hmm. And and that's how they see Osama bin Laden. So you combine that oversimplification in colleges with, you know, the, the reduction to five seconds on TikTok, and you have a very dangerous environment. So you just have to hope the new radicals are the ones who become conservatives right. in high school, because that's the only way of pushing back. Well, listen to this one. A Los Angeles man is determined to get Donald Trump's star removed from Hollywood, from Hollywood's Walk of Fame. <laughs> Not defaced or demolished, but permanently removed. The problem is that's never been done before. So why should we start it now, Paul? I'm sure Donald Trump is really concerned about his name being removed <laughs> from a sidewalk that he shares with Charlie Sheen. Right. All right? Yeah. Who cares? I got, it's not a blip in the world to this guy. And you know what? I, there'll be a few years from now, as I was saying earlier, somebody is going to be walking along that street in L.A., and they're going to say, what are all of these stars? And somebody's going to say, oh, they're actors. And they're going to say, what's an actor? Because of the AI thing. That was a... <laughs> just won't let it go. Thanks, Paul. I'm not going to let it go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the Hollywood Walk of Fame is a historical record of big stars in Hollywood. So right. I'm not surprised that after they gone up, you know, through statues and all that, that now like we have to remove Donald Trump, the worst man to ever walk the planet, from the Hollywood Walk of Fame, while we leave Bill Cosby and uh, Harvey Weinstein and all kinds of other people who maybe should be removed if we're going to start doing that. But it also reminds you of how much Hollywood loved Donald Trump before he ran for office. They loved him. They still secretly love him. He was in movies. He, you know, Melania was on the cover of Vanity Fair. All these people went to their wedding. He's in a lot of rap songs. Yeah, yeah. He cited in a lot of rap songs. So they loved him until he ran for president, and they all turned on him. And it's absurd that he's the only one they want to take off of this historical record of Hollywood. They you... have to use snow plows to clean the human poop off the sidewalks <laughs> in yeah. Hollywood. Like they have, they have much bigger problems. Yeah, right that's now. true. Break yeah. it off. <laughs> thank thank no, you. And, and can you imagine? Can you imagine what it's going to cost with those unions? <laughs> it'll be six weeks of work. You know, it'll cost a hundred thousand dollars. Hundred. This is L.A. No, uh, one point five yeah. million. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. That's for each each triangle of the star to take I mean you you paved the streets your goal is to get a star I, uh, let me just riddle you with this what if the only way your star goes in is if they pulls his out do you are you a, do you take it do you take Trump's star stare at him well I mean in that case you know hey I, I'm yes if it's my own person but that's not going to happen no but I, I I think in all seriousness look if you were to take a walk down the Walk of Fame, and I don't recommend it, by the way. I've lived in L.A. for five years and not the, uh, the nicest place in the world. But you're not exactly going to find a list of people who are up for sainthood. And I, I think, you know, to, um, to Kennedy's point, where you go there, and, and that is the pinnacle. When you go to L.A., you know, the, the Chinese theater and the Walk of Fame and all these things, and yet there are just vagrants 
and vagabonds and, again, people relieving themselves in front of the Chinese theater as families are trying to take pictures. And this is what we're worried about. That's the equivalent to going to the hospital with a gunshot wound and a hangnail and then the doctor's saying, oh, my God, get the nail clippers. Yeah, that's about right. I, I grew up in L.A., too, and the streets used to be a lot like you could actually see a star. Now you just have to take their word for it that <laughs> there are stars <laughs> buried somewhere underneath their safe space. <laughs> Re-encamp, defund the police zone. Uh, up next, left-wing baldies can't disagree more. Well, who will win in 2024? 20 All right, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. The Pennsylvanian Frankenstein says Biden's gonna win next time. Freaking rhymes, man. <laughs> Democrat Senator John Fetterman went after famed political strategist James Carville for predicting Joe Biden could lose in 2024. The only thing Democrats love more than censorship is untraceable gold bars. <laughs> Said Fetterman, quote, I'll use this as another opportunity to tell James Carville to shut the, quote, up, like I said, my man hasn't been relevant since grunge was a thing, and I don't know why he believes it's helpful to say these kind of things about an incredibly difficult circumstance with an incredibly strong and decent, excellent president. Man, he rehabbed well, didn't he? <laughs> Longest quote ever. An incredibly strong and decent president. His eyes have not caught up yet. Okay. Somebody get Fetterman back on the concussion protocol. He's had a relapse. <laughs> and let's be honest, should he really be talking about grunge? He looks like he hasn't bathed since Kurt Cobain was still alive. Sorry, Kennedy. Oh, well, Kennedy, whatever. Never mind. <laughs> Kennedy, this new Fetterman, whether you like him or don't like him, at least he's talking. He's got he's got old popcorn beat on that one. He's yeah, he's he, just speaking his mind. He won't stop talking. Filter be damned. Yeah, I was I was a little worried about him. I know he was using an AI program to help him translate in the Senate. I think that he had a, a, a brain chip inserted when when he was off in his rehabilitative process, and now he worships the president. Like there are a lot of adjectives you can use about Joe Biden. Excellent, strong. Not two of them. No, and, and the president no. can't say those words either. Absolutely right. Exit, exit, exit. Aaron, what do you make of this trash talking? Well, again, I mean, you know, trash talking is something that we're definitely familiar with. And um, with Fetterman, a few weeks ago, he appeared to kind of change his mind, and the new one appeared to be working a little better. Yeah. But now we have just disintegrated into uh, what he is now. And in my issue with this, it's the language, right? I mean, aside from the fact that Fetterman, I mean, his dress code is completely non-existent. I mean, he wears the, the hoodies, the... Uh, like he just got broke up with. Yeah, he looks like the love child of Dr. Phil and Paul Bunyan yeah. with the little <laughs> knit cap on and everything. He's, 
But but the the language, my man, like, uh, is he trying to connect with what he thinks the American public is and be cool? Or I, I'm not getting it. Or maybe he thinks James Carville is, is a brother. I mean, he could be. He's light-skinned. It's possible. He's from Louisiana. <laughs> Everyone looks like me in Louisiana. Seriously, mm. check it out. What do you make of all this? I, you know, they, they sort of occupy the same psychic territory, right? They're bald, bald-headed liberal kooks, and so they're going to have a rivalry. Um, the old line about Carville looking like a talking garlic knot, yeah. um, I, I, <laughs> I think is actually, you know, accurate here. Um, and so I don't know what that makes Fetterman, but um, the difference here, I, talking sincerely, is that... Okay. Car, Carville, he can say what he wants, but listen... Carville doesn't need an AI program to talk. God bless him. Fetterman had a stroke right. on the campaign trail. Everybody knows who's ever dealt with that, and many of us have, you know, have had relatives, et cetera. You need immediate treatment. It has to be ongoing. Otherwise, you don't entirely come back. Instead, they pushed him out onto the uh, campaign trail, and they kept him out there. And that's why the poor guy needs a computer to still talk. Carville is smart. Say what you want. I'm not on his team. But he's a smart guy, and he's won a lot of stuff. The Democrats, it would, be behooving, it would behoove them to listen to Carville and not Fetterman. But in that interview, they asked him, what about you for president in 2028? And after the satellite delay and he's playing with the computer and everything else, he said something like never say never. So strap in. He thinks he can be president. Well, Gavin Newsom will not like that. Actually, he hit Newsom yeah. in the interview because well, he sees him as a rival. There you go. President, are, are you president. concerned at all about the Fetterman train coming in 2028? Well, John Fetterman owes Joe Biden because when he was on the campaign trail, Joe Biden went out and campaigned for him and used a lot of his infrastructure to get him over the finish line and into public office. So that's, you know, he's going to defend Joe Biden. But for him to say that Biden is strong, okay, he's using the short stack of stairs to get into Air Force One, everybody. Like, yeah. everyone can watch that. Those are usually for Gutfeld. Usually, yes, but not tonight. Uh, and the other thing is he calls him a, a decent, excellent person. This is a, a man who denied his, his granddaughter for four years that she even existed. Uh, that is not a decent person when you're denying that fact and it's covered up for his you know, degenerate son who has asked him to, to hide that fact in their family. Um, and the politics of it is that he is the most unpopular president in modern times. At this point, in Trump's presidency, he was at 45 percent. Biden's at 39 percent. Barack Obama was at 43 percent. Again, Biden's at 39 percent. And he's never out there. Like, he's away. He's at the beach again for this right. week. He doesn't talk to the press. He, you know, relies on his staff to make his message for him. And that's not resonating with the American people. No, it's so not. So he's, he isn't in big political trouble. And I know everyone says, well, he's going to stay on the ballot. But there is the convention. And uh, Gavin you know, Newsom is an option for them in August. One of the points you made, if someone's decent and excellent, you don't have to say both. That's true. Maybe he's excellent. Or he's decent. But even decent's like C student. Decent you know, is like, like my You're class. a decent guy. <laughs> like, you won't rob a bank, but you won't tell me if I drop my wallet either. Like, decent. <laughs> Fair. All right. All right. Greg says thank you. Thank you to Paul Morrow, Katie Pavlis, Kennedy, Aaron Haddad, our studio audience, Gene, Tom. And the entire crew. On behalf, I'm Tyrus, and we love you, America. Listen ad free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad free on the Amazon Music app. 
Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts.